Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. Thank you for going to the last Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clouseau. It's the same. Just thing. say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. Sports. The Final Frontier. These are the voices of the sinner and the saint. I kick you, and then if you feel well enough, you can kick me in the groin. So if you throw up, yeah, you're done. Their weekly mission, to provide hot takes, medium takes, sometimes annoying takes, mild takes, to boldly go where no show has gone before. Luke Anderson. Oh, heater locker, though. Have you seen her? <laughs> That's Heather Locker that smokes. Super, she's a little trashier, so she's like more gettable. Will Darkens. I started to get that feeling again, the college football feeling. It's that time where you uh, realize that on Saturdays and Sundays you can ignore your family. This is the Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show, presented by Frostbrood Coors Light. The world's most refreshing beer on 1080 The Fan. All right, it's hour two. Super Bowl preview version of the Sinner and the Saints. Miss anything from hour one. First of all, shame on you, jerk. Second, you can go back and listen to it. Go to 1080thefan.com at the end of this show, and you will find the podcast. You can listen to it on demand by pushing, guess what, the on-demand button, or you can download it and take it with you and listen to it later when you're in an airplane on your way to Vegas so you can watch the Super Bowl, put down a bunch of money on it. You degenerate. The podcast is brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. I was talking to my brother. That's what he's doing. You degenerate, yeah. Yeah. Like Casino. Yeah. Movie. That's what he did. I love that scene. You love that movie. I love that scene. You know, your wife told me, she called me, she said uh, they turned the heat off. Tell me you gambled the money. It's funny. Yeah, it's great. Good. It's great. You love that movie, though. You've been on this kick of just that movie for some reason. It's been in your brain for. Any Scorsese Eight movie. weeks. I know, but you bring up a line from that, not on the show every week, but certainly in the prep for this show every single week. Um, so one of our uh, texters helped me out. Pink veal. You can pound that all night. The Stephen A. Smith commercial. Yeah. He's yelling at you is for Prilosec. Do you have heartburn? And he I just now. screams at you. Yeah, listening to that gives me heartburn. Yeah, Stephen A., I would assume, like, if you had him in with clients. Ooh. Like, if you were an account rep for uh, Prilosec OTC and you had Stephen come in and meet the clients, I, I feel like that would just not go well. I don't, I don't see that going well in any capacity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm with you. I, it, yeah, they somehow that guy. Nice on. to meet you. All right. Uh, so what's this all about? The heartburn? 
Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold Are on a second. Are you telling me that one pill can solve 24 hours of heartburn? I have to rep that. So you're saying I can have my fries, I can have my chicken wings, and then I don't feel the burn, Max Kellerman. <laughs> Max Kellerman. Uh, Super Bowl in four words, where's the beer deal? Nice. Yeah, I think that's concise. I like that. Uh, let's see. Do you get drunk on the Super Bowl? What's that? Do you get drunk on Sundays for the uh, Super Bowl? No, I'll get a buzz going. Yeah? Yeah. See, that's the hard part. And that was one of the things I hated about drinking was that, um, one, when I did drink, I couldn't control myself. But yeah. uh, the other thing was that, like, in the Super Bowl, you wanted to get really hammered, but you had work the next day. I know some people take vacation time, but, like, when it starts over, if you don't have those rollover hours... Yeah. Like, it's hard to take a vacation that soon in the year. Well, we have Snowmageddon coming uh, on Monday, so the whole city will be shut down. How awesome would that be? <laughs> That's what they're saying. No. That's what I'm hearing. It's going to be like 40 degrees. It'll melt on contact. Uh, four words, Super Bowl and four words, overtime. Pats demand change. Huh? Overtime. Pats demand change. There's going to be some controversial call in overtime. I think it's what that's suggesting. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was good. Uh, I'm sure that's a Saints fan who just won't let oh, go of the Oh, I know. Pack. I got a Saints fan for you. I'm going to uh, save that for last. Uh, no, words, all right. Bob Craft power creep. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Ooh, everything he looks at. Yeah. yeah. Everything. Yeah. Dude. Uh, Brady rings second hand. Sure. Yeah, Brady needs second hand, I think, work just as well and Brady, here, here, Brady needs a kiss here's your Saints this is Saints a uh, little hate little shade at the okay yeah New Orleans ain't here New Orleans ain't here that's right because <laughs> god that was the last play of the game wasn't it the NFC title game with that pass interference uh no I think you're mistaking that uh because they oh. actually went to overtime and the Saints got the ball first and had a chance to win the game much like the Patriots did but they blew that opportunity and then they got beat uh they also took a three-point lead and all they had to do was stop the Rams from getting into field goal position yeah. and then it required a 57-yard field goal from Zerline to do it so that play actually was the end of the game when they got the field goal Oh, well, but you know what? If all I do is just listen to the media and listen to uh, these just basically jabronis say talk over Twitter, I thought that was the last play of the game, the pass interference call. It was so egregious. Did you see a state representative from Louisiana wasted everyone's time with a diorama in front of Congress to try to get the game played over again because that's what taxpayers pay for? I'm sorry, he did a diorama. I knew he went and argued. Yes, he had had frigging posters up. Well, posters aren't dioramas. Dioramas are the 3D models. Well, it was a 3D model of the pass interference happening. Was it really? Did he do like the little football on a stick? And here comes the football. And then you notice he's got the defender on the other stick. And he goes, look, he hits before. I love football. I really do. Seriously. I do. I, I think it's a great sport. It's really entertaining to watch. And everything about it is exciting. But when you take it this far, yeah. shame on you, New Orleans. <laughs> Seriously, do you have a life? This you... is why nobody likes you. No, it really is. Like, don't you have children? Don't you have jobs? Don't you have a life that you need to move on to instead of paying attention to this one game? Will, like, didn't Will, you win a Will, Super Bowl? Will, you're on a rant. Nine years you're ago? You're on a rant two weeks in a row about people not moving on. You're in the middle of a rant about people that can't move on. I just wish we you're could move so- on. Let's- do you realize what you're doing right now is you're hung up on people not being able to, you're not being able to move on from people not being able to move on is the most exhausting thing. You okay? 
Need a minute? I can't move on. Will's going to take a minute. Here's a couple more uh, forward <laughs> Super Bowls. Uh, this from P1 Dustin. I'm getting really drunk. Nice. And then uh, one more from the Better You Today text line. Creamy, creamy, creamy liability. Mm. Oh, <laughs> so hot. The pliability. The pliability of Tom Brady. You think him and Guerrero have messed around a bit? Uh, oh, there's no question about it. Yeah, I kind of thought so. I haven't brought it up before, but, like, I always kind of thought, like, him and Guerrero during interviews, it totally looks like they've messed around a little. Ten players to watch with Oregon ties. I'm just going to run through these quickly. We talked about your connection with both punters. Yeah. And we can relive that. I assume they're going to be on the phone here in the next couple of minutes. Uh, I'm trying to reach. I don't know what they're doing, but they're not picking up. <laughs> Bizarre. Uh, obviously, Brandon Cooks played at Oregon State. Uh, you can root for him. And Dominican Sue went to Grant High School. I played against him, too. He's a general there. Uh, Johnny Hecker, Oregon State. Uh, uh, Samson, I'm going to say it wrong. Ebukam. Ibu Cam? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, David Douglas High School. Uh, Troy Hill went to Oregon, as we know. Sean Mannion, Oregon State. Johnny Munt, tight end from Oregon State. Uh, Patrick Chung is an Oregon Duck. Ryan Allen, West Salem High School. But also, this is still amazing to me. We talked about this last week. Both punters in this game were walk-ons at Oregon State at the same time. They were. Nuts. Dude, that first spring ball, or not spring ball, fall camp, when they got there, it was like... It was seriously crazy watching them both practice next to each other because you could tell they were both insanely good punters and they just got completely passed over. Could you tell that they were insanely good punters? I mean, because my thing is, because you've done this too, we both help cover high school football for the fan. You go out there and there's no bigger jump from from high school to college than the kicking game. Yeah. Because most of those teams do not have somebody that can functionally punt and if they do they do not have a kicker on their team you can tell the better teams and the better programs usually have somebody that can put a 35 yard field goal attempt up maybe punt it you know 40 yards Dude, it was the airtime yeah. it was the airtime on both of their punts because yeah. they you it was also the fact that they were walk-ons the yeah. fact that you had these dudes that were completely looked over and they just got out there, and the type of airtime they had on their punts, you, you thought it was like a pro punter. It yeah. was really weird. And then Riley had a really strange situation, which was like, oh, my God, I could start either of these guys tomorrow. Was there a scholarship punter there, too, that had to be well, kicked to the curb? No, because they, they needed a punter oh. at that time. We didn't have one. Alexis Erna was actually acting as the punter um, the year before that. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and then Johnny came in, and... Um, yeah. Oh, so that wasn't your freshman year? No. So you'd seen poor punting for a year at college? Yeah, we yeah. had because the yeah. guy before okay. uh, Cerna was a uh, – he ended up being pro too. I forget his name, but he was really, really good. Yeah. And then they just didn't bother to get another punter, and they were like, oh, yeah, Cerna will do it. It's like, <laughs> no, Cerna sucked at punting. Yeah. That, that's, he was really bad That's at it. always the funny thing, though, is you watch college football and you still get that, like, churn in your gut when they have to make a kick. Or punt, and then you realize how good those NFL guys really are. So that gets overlooked. Uh, Jacob Hollister is a tight end. I think he's got eight receptions in two years. Uh, but he went to Mountain View High School in Bend. And there are your ten guys with local ties in the Super Bowl. Dudes y'all can root for. Somebody on Better You Today text line is asking, uh, did uh, they said Nebraska grad here, Sue? I know Sue was good in high school, but could you see him being that dominating in college, or did you? Well, yes. you played against him, yeah. Yes, he was. He was incredibly good. Um, there was a difference between him and Miles Wade. And uh, Miles Wade, if you are a, uh, 
uh, deft Oregonian at recruiting. You have followed recruits for a long time. Miles Wade got offers from, he was a defensive tackle from uh, Central Catholic, and he got offers from like Florida, Oregon, LSU. Like he was a blue chip guy. Uh, and I played against him, and I compared him to Ndamukong Sue, and the main difference was the get-off. Yeah. Uh, Ndamukong Sue, like, the lineman we had on our team, you didn't have a chance to react. <laughs> like, that dude was swimming right by you. And he was huge he back then. He was massive, and yeah. it wasn't the fact that he was so strong. I mean, he was incredibly strong, but it was the fact that his get-off was yeah. so incredibly quick you did not have time to get your arms up to pretend to hold him. If, <laughs> like, yeah. you, if you thought you were going to stop him just based on size, you were probably wrong, and then he had the explosion. Dude, I had to chip that guy, and it wasn't <laughs> just a chip. Like, I had to throw my body into the side of him. Yeah. yeah. Sucked. He's good. And you were a D1 football player. He's also a jerk. Is that true? I heard he's, he's on this redemption tour. He's out there. He's out there telling the world that he's a pretty good guy. He's out there poking Larry Fitzgerald in the eye. <laughs> that was a friendship oh, break of right, the eye. Yeah. We've talked about that on this program. What's up, dude? Have you heard the story of how the Super Bowl got its name? No. The whole story I thought was a little fascinating. We'll share that with you next. Sinner and Saint on 1080 The Fan. So you may have heard the story. I know that I was familiar with uh, the idea that the Super Bowl was not always a Super Bowl. Super Bowl one and two were retroactively renamed. Uh, they went back and added the one and two as Roman numerals to it. Uh, the original two games with the, the Packers one were called the AFL-NFL World Championship Game. Love that name. Yeah. So then uh, Super Bowl three came out, and not only was it the one that solidified uh, the rivalry and ended up to the leagues combining and becoming one because uh, at that point, the Packers kind of dominated uh, one and two. And then the Jets and the Guarantee and Joe Namath and all that became one of the greatest football games ever played. And people were shocked. And how could the Colts lose and the cocaine and the fur jackets and all the ladies at the pool because they played it down in Miami and Joe Namath is out there getting into it. And the money and the khakis and the cars and the women. Yep, exactly. So, but did you know where the game actually got super from? No. Have a listen. Like a rocket. Super Bowl. Look, it's almost alive. It bounces and bounces, keeps going and going almost forever. Hurry, try and catch it. Super Bowl is a mystery ball of a thousand bounces. With many more bounces than any ball you ever own. It is a Super Bowl. It zigs and it zags. Fast bounce, high bounce. The most amazing ball ever created by science. Energized Super Bowl is now in your hands. With amazing rebound, Super Bowl actually bounces over a house. Now, watch Super Bowl carefully in slow motion. Strange. Weird. Makes every bounce a game. Every game more magical. And it's still bouncing. Hurry, discover your new power with Super Ball. Under a dollar, wherever toys are sold. I've got my Super Ball! By Whammo! By Whammo! You think Super Ball is still bouncing? The Super Ball, somewhere, is still bouncing. So here's how different a time it was back then. Uh, Chiefs owner, so Lamar Hunt, uh, they lost Super Bowl two. They won Super Bowl four. Wait, Lamar Hunt? Yeah, you didn't know his name? Any relation to Kareem? No, Kareem Hunt oh. and Lamar Hunt. Did you see that Patrick Mahomes is a Hunt's ketchup guy? Huh. Yeah. <laughs> just just a thing. Anyways. That's good. So 
Lamar Hunt, uh, Kansas City Chiefs owner, was the one that threw out the name Super Bowl as a suggestion because his daughter's favorite toy in the world was the Super Bowl. So when the uh, when the NFL established the game and they merged with the upstart AFL, the American Football League, in 1966, football fans finally got their wish for this big showdown. This is all from the Washington Post, an article that was released in 2011. Uh, it was billed as the AFL-NFL World Championship game. Later that summer, AFL founder Lamar Hunt sent out a memo to MFL, NFL Commissioner Pete Rozelle suggesting the merged leagues should coin the phrase for the new game, and he kiddingly called it the Super Bowl. So he originally said it as a joke. Um, he said in the memo, this can obviously be improved upon. Roselle had a background in PR and journalism, never cared for the name, deemed it unsophisticated. But even before the first game was played, Hunt's title swept through football and the news media and the advertising world. And by the end of 1966, the network executives were referring to the game as Super Sunday. Uh, let's see, it moves on. And then in 1967, the NFL films crew that went to cover the game actually wrote on the reels Super Bowl Reel 1 before shooting the first pregame footage at the L.A. Coliseum. The league held out for a few years, but then Roselle conceded. They called it the Super Bowl. And then in the third game, they actually put it on the telecast. And then in the fourth game, they put it on the tickets and the name caught on. So it was actually a game that everyone resisted. It came from a children's toy. And eventually it caught on because the nation demanded it be called the Super Bowl. I love it. And it's the perfect name for that game because of the fact that you have all these other bowls, but there's the super one. Yeah, the could one you imagine so it awesome, being called something? Yeah, could you imagine it be called something different? The Roman numerals, the whole kind of romance of the thing. We get down to the end of the final season. But yeah, imagine if we were going, all right, it's time for the NFL AFL championship game. I don't know. There's something about that I kind of like, I guess. <laughs> I guess. It certainly doesn't have the ring of the Super Bowl. No. Not at all. Uh, and I love it that it was just so much simpler back then when it came to thinking up of names of things. It wasn't like, hey, let's attach it to a product. You know, they weren't trying to go by demographics so much as it was just like, hey, what sounds good? Well, but but that's not what it was. I mean, that's the whole thing is even Lamar Hunt, who suggested it, goes, I'm sure we can come up with something better. We'll eventually get there. I love that it was just the kind of the crowd that took over and people started calling it that. You know, it's uh, it's like calling the Rose Bowl the granddaddy of them all came from a broadcaster, a rip city. And you have these things that just catch on and they become un unavoidable. And, a f and then over time, it becomes an official moniker of whatever it is you're talking about. I mean, the fact that Sean Lee just came, comes out and yells, Rip City! And then, you know... Rip City, all, baby! But all these years later, you have it on their jerseys. I think it's cool when things catch on that way versus it being... It wasn't, uh, you know, a focus group and a bunch of marketers sitting around. Because even then, they were aware of the marketing aspect of it. But nobody sat around in a room and said Super Bowl was perfect. That's what we'll call it. It was kind of a, you know, suggestion that caught on, that the network started picking up on, that the media started talking about, and people had been calling the Super Bowl long enough that it caught on, and that's how it became the name. And somebody on the Better You Today text line had the same thought I did, which is I always thought it was because of the college bowl season. But, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, but the the way that, you know why they call them all bowls? Why? The Rose Bowl. 
The Rose Bowl was the original bowl game that was ever played, and so then people wanted to get the enthusiasm for the Rose Bowl, which is the name of the stadium, obviously, and they just kind of carried on. They're like, oh, let's add a bowl at the end of what ours does. The Rose Bowl's obviously doing well. So that, again, was something that they just kind of stole from something that was already working. Well, kudos to you. Hey. AFC, NFC championship game, which I will now call you all the time. <laughs> You're going to roll back. The NFC, AFC championship game. In true hipster form, I only find things intriguing if they're old. But it was never called the AFC, NFC. It was AFL, NFL because the leagues hadn't merged. Well, the AFL, NFL, CFL championship game. It's going to be exciting. It certainly is. And now here we are, 53. You've got 53 games uh, have have been played. Um, are you getting over the Roman numerals at this point? How much does that confuse you, LII? It doesn't. No? In fact, I thought it was absolutely idiotic that they called it Super Bowl 50. They actually used the number. And it, I, I, this morning when I was looking back at Super Bowl history and they were showing you like a uh, itemized line of you know each one, they were all Roman numeraled except for the one 50. that they called 50. Yeah, but why did Super they do Bowl that? L- why did they do that? Super Bowl L. Who cares? Uh, what, what's the oh they do for fifty? <laughs> you know how ridiculous it looks. What was so great about that Super Bowl? Oh yeah, nothing, <laughs> nothing. It was a terrible game where the MVP was a defensive end, which is just kind of stupid. And then you also had one of the worst halftime shows, and it was at Levi's Stadium, which at the time was even worse than it is now. So you're and saying, I don't even know if that's possible. So what you're saying is all of those things happened, a D end winning the MVP, a bad halftime show and Levi stadium ending up being one of the worst modern stadiums ever built. And it's Peyton all Manning, because, and it's Peyton all Manning because devolving they, in front of our eyes, but it's all because they decided to go with numbers. They jinxed it. They jinxed I jinxed it. Or, or let me let me look at it from the sunnier side. They named it perfectly because it was going to be a bad game all along. They jinxed it. They jinxed it. And the Pats should have been in that one too, by the way. Which uh, kind of leads us back to if you want to do a, just a smidge of analysis, the idea that I think the Rams actually could take the Pats because well, I actually went back and watched that AFC title yep. game, the 2016 one. I mean, not the whole game, but the highlights. And you could see that Von Miller was just destroying them. Yeah. Like, he was basically causing that entire offense to just implode. Uh, Brady could not throw. Even when he wasn't directly hit, he could feel Miller running in the back of him, and he was just throwing balls into the ground. You got to hope that they're going to move uh, um, Aaron Donald around. Yeah, well, and Adama can sue. I mean, it makes him... Like, let him plug up the middle, but yep. move Aaron Donald around. Get him on the edge, man. Like you said, I want to see a uh, creative game plan from McVay. If he's supposed to be this boy genius, come out and uh, put together something that uh, is unexpected. We want to see the onside kick that uh, Sean Payton tried equivalent. Oh. Right? Isn't that what you want to see? Well, I really want to see the Saints. All right. <laughs> Will Darkens, football genius, gives you his breakdown. It's X's and O's for the Super Bowl. That is next right after the news. Dude, get me booty, dude, for the halftime show. Yeah. Digging it? Booty, dude. Trying to get you all pumped up. Give me the booty, dude. All right, I'm not going to pretend that I'm going to give you an excellent breakdown. So here's what we're going to do is I'm going to give you some sweet stats. And then 
Will Darkens will tell you what it means for football. All right, coming up Y'all, next, we're going to break the Super Bowl down. Hey, listen, listen. You played college football. You uh, you know the X's and O's. You played for the genius coach, Mike Riley. Coming up after this, Luke and I give you our picks. Playoff wins, 29. Playoff TD passes, 73. Passing yards, 10,917. Smooches with his kid on the lips over 2K. That's Tom Brady. 2973, 10,917. For the career of Jared Goff, 26 wins, 67 TD passes, 10,323 yards. Goff's career falls short of Brady's playoff in all three categories. Who's it going to be, the young pup or the veteran wolf? Well, but I think that breaks it down. So what do you expect to see from uh, Jared Goff? I think we know what to expect to see from Tom Brady. I expect not to see a lot from Jared Goff in the first half of this game. And the reason I'm going to tell you that is because Todd Gurley should get out there and get the ball a lot in the first half. If you can break the Patriots rushing defense, and I found that this has been the case with the Patriots for the most part in almost every single Super Bowl is that when their rushing defense has started to pick up, that's when they're a lot more confident because teams feel like that they can't run on them, so they start to pass, and Belichick's great in coverage, so he stops that. That gives Brady new life. Brady starts to score. You lose control of the game. Uh, Just look back at the Falcons' Super Bowl. So I think if you can get Todd Gurley going early, I think if you are, you know, Sean McVay and you were able to make sure C.J. Anderson didn't eat too much before the game and he can get going early. Or didn't eat too little. Didn't eat too little. That C.J. Anderson's been awesome. Yeah, it's a perfect amount. You really have to measure it. Get that Goldilocks uh, porridge portion in him. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually two number fives from Chick-fil-A is the the limit. Perfect. So. Oh, oh, oh. Chick-fil-A's closed on Sundays. No. Well, they froze it. Okay. They went out and bought it today. And they day froze old. It yeah. Two day old number fives from Chick-fil-A. Got it. But, yeah, I think you got to get out there and you got to run the ball early. And I, I feel like you don't want to put this all entirely on Jared Goff. I feel like that's only a situation where you're down really big early. Maybe the, you need to start passing. But for the most part, you want to build his confidence up, right? The Rams are incredible at building Goff's confidence at the beginning of games because he does those rollout play actions. And those are some of the most easy plays to execute because really it's hard to go wrong. Um, You know, you roll out, you have a bunch of time to kind of figure out where your receivers are. And he's pretty decent at reading coverage to the point where he's not going to throw behind himself. So look, it's either you throw it away or you run for like a two yard game. Make it easy for the kid. Make it easy. Make it easy for the kid. Hey, that's how Brady won his first Super Bowl is let the rest of the team do the work. Uh, Tom Brady has played in 17 Full NFL seasons. That's excluding the year in 2008 where his ACL was torn and he played, what, the first half? Yes. The first play of the game, whatever it was. That means with nine Super Bowl appearances, he has a better than 500 record for making it to the Super Bowl in his career. So nine, nine seasons he's been in, eight seasons he's been out of the Super Bowl. If Tom Brady makes it to three more Super Bowls and ends up with a sub-500 record, does that diminish what he's done, or does that increase his legacy in your mind? Um, Like, let's say he has three lackluster seasons or gets to the Super Bowl and has bad performances. Is there anything at this point Tom Brady can do to diminish what he's been able to do in pro football? 
I think the only thing that will diminish Tom Brady is if he doesn't have a fairy tale ending. Yeah. That's kind of it. Does that diminish him, though? Yeah. He, he just goes out as an old man looking old? Yeah. Okay. Really, though. Because, I mean, the reason we all love Elway is because he went out on top. He went out, out in the most fairy tale way you could possibly do. He had a horrible start to his career. I mean, not horrible in a sense of his own individual accomplishments. Horrible in the sense that the Broncos just sucked for the better part of a decade. Mm-hmm. And he had to live through it until you got to the late 90s and he won two Super Bowls. And, you know, Terrell Davis helped that. Yeah. But... I think if you have Brady, who it seems like he's going to be able to play until he's 45, uh, enter a situation where karma comes back to him and say he gets into the playoffs, gets hurt, and some young bucks plays behind him, and Drew Bledsoe's him, (laughs) I think that would kind of put a damper on his career. I think you still consider him with Montana as the best quarterback of all time, 1A and 1B. You don't think he's past Montana yet? Nine uh, Super Bowl appearances is pretty crazy. He's got five wins. Yeah, he does. But I think that Montana has more moments is what I would say. Okay. There's more moments that you can attach to Montana. Brady. Joe Cool. Yeah. Brady, yeah. for some reason, there aren't as many just moments. Yeah, there are. There's, there's Tuck Rule. There's Deflate Gate. There's him mouth kissing his kid. Mouth kissing kid. Yeah. Uh, he's got more. He's got more bad moments. Completely than, than underperforming Joe in the 2007 yeah. Super Bowl. Uh even Joe Montana in Skechers commercials can't diminish his. Oh, uh, in fact, that made him better. I love Joe Montana in Skechers commercials. All right. Uh, he was great. Jared Goff becomes the fastest number one overall pick at quarterback to reach the Super Bowl. In their fourth season, John Elway, Troy Aikman, Drew Bledsoe, and Eli Manning all made the Super Bowl. This is the third season for Goff. Dan Marino, not a number one overall pick, but he played in his second season in the Super Bowl and never made it back. At the end of his career, does Jared Goff look more like Troy Aikman, Drew Bledsoe, Eli Manning, or John Elway? He looks like Joe Flacco. So Drew Bledsoe? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, Drew Bledsoe, I mean, at least Wait, Flacco did Bledsoe won win one. No, he did not. And then well, he, got, he technically and then, won one. But... And then he got replaced. But out of those four guys, you've got John Elway, Troy Aikman, Drew Bledsoe, or Eli Manning. Where does Jared Goff end up in that in that hierarchy? I, none. I, I don't see him in any of that. Okay. Because I, I, the reason I said Joe Flacco is because I genuinely think the Rams will win one Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, and I think he will be the starter for that one Super Bowl. But I think there will be kind of like what you've started to predict is that McVay will start to sour with Goff uh, the same way that uh, Harbaugh kind of soured with Joe Flacco over huh. the years. And they just completely underperformed. And now he's at the end of his career where nobody really wants him that much. Now, I can't say it's going to be exactly that, but I, it's really difficult for me to see Jared Goff winning more than one Super Bowl. I think that a perfect confluence of events have happened for the Rams and they knew that this was it. This is kind of your chance right now. McVay's going to have plenty of chances in the future as a head coach to get into the Super Bowl again. Um, but I think that signing Marcus Peters, Sue, Brandon Cooks, getting you mean all re-signing those guys or re-signing them, basically getting everybody on the books and, um, you know, going over the cap and just spending all this money and everything and just really putting stock into this one year because you can't hold on to everybody next year. I think they knew that this is their shot. Yeah. And I think that because of that, if they win or lose still, you're going to see in the next five years afterwards, the Rams kind of be a little bit irrelevant. Does McVay win more with or without Goff? Hmm. 
I mean, he's 32. You assume he'll be a head coach in the NFL for a very long time. 33, just turned 33. So if he wins one with Goff, that means he wins two without it. I don't him. know. And if he wins, I mean, if he wins this one, that dude will never get fired. Kind of feels, kind of feels no, that he, way. He just won't. I mean, yeah. if Harbaugh was able to do it with Joe Flacco yeah. and not get fired, no. I, I mean, he, yeah. he'll stay there his entire career. I don't know. I don't know. It's too hard to have an outlook at this point. I think Jared Goff is somebody who we haven't seen yet reach his full potential. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, those were my mind-boggling stats. Uh, so that's yeah, they're pretty hot. Well, listen, it's it's fun. I think that's kind of the cool thing about the NFL is you get all this prep time. You can look back over the numbers. I know we're comparing era against era, but that's kind of the whole identity of the Super Bowl, right? I mean, Tom Brady started in a very different time in the NFL, but here he is thriving 17, 18 years later after winning his first Super Bowl. Do you know that uh, Tom Brady made his first film debut in 2003, Stuck on You as Computer Geek number one? No. Stuck on You? Mm-hmm. Is that the, uh, that's the Greg Kinnear, Matt Damon, uh, Fairley Brothers movie? That's right. Okay. There you go. Look at me remembering the trailers that I watched. Brady went to the same high school as Barry Bonds, Lynn Swan, Greg Jeffries, and Jim Fregosi. Okay. <laughs> Whose stats were better, mine or Will's? Brady is brother-in-law with former Red Sox star Kevin Euclid who married Brady's sister, Julie, in 2012. Yeah, you knew that one. That all you got? Brady has two career receptions <laughs> for a total of 59 yards. 59 yards yeah. on two receptions. That's almost a 30-yard average. That's pretty dang good. That's no, not bad. Uh, if you had a wide receiver with that kind of numbers. Brady launched a line of vegan snacks in 2016. Okay. Brady's, uh, in 2012, Brady's high school, Sarah High High School, named its football stadium Brady Family Stadium. So it's after his dad? Probably after his son. <laughs> Does grandpa and son mouth kiss like that? Yeah. Where did he learn it, right? Yeah. You but really, though, like, seriously, I bet they do mouth kiss because where did he learn it? Maybe it's a Brazilian thing. Remember, his wife's Brazilian. That's true. We're probably into that. I, I don't think so. I think Brady, that was instilled in him early, that uh, his pep pep was probably kissing him on the lips. Pep, and, pep. and he just kind of was like, my daddy kissed me on the lips this way. This is how I'm going to do it with my son. All right. What are you watching for in the Super Bowl? 55305 is the better you today text line. Tell us what you're watching for in the game, and we will share that with you next. It's what to watch to wrap up the Super Bowl edition and the football season. <laughs> Which is the most exciting matchup in the field of competition? Which game will leave you kicking yourself if you miss it? Which channel should you switch to when the sporting day is gone? Welcome to America's most exciting sports talk radio show segment. It's time for What to Watch. Presented by Encore Audio Video. Now hear this. Whether you're looking for a new TV or a custom home theater, start at Encore Showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Now our expert panel, avid television viewer Will Darkins. And increasingly out-of-touch father of twin girls, Luke Anderson. And are here to tell you what to watch. Literally, it's what to watch on The Sinner and the Saint.
1080 The Fan. Just got real intense in here. What was that? What was what? Who were those children? What? I don't know what you're talking about. I heard children. Well, listen, it was the 1950s and game show opens were very different back then. But it just got real. Time for what to watch. Brought to you by our friends at Encore Audio Video. Uh, hey, if you're building a home theater or getting yourself a new TV, go down to Encore Showroom, 15th and Everett in the Pearl, because I will forget the tag at the end. That's right. All right, Luke, what are you watching? Let's start with the Super Bowl. We know we're both okay. watching the game. What? what is the matchup? What is the one thing in the game that will determine the outcome? What are you watching for within the Super Bowl, Will Darkens? All right, here we go. I am watching for McVay Belichick meeting of the minds. You're looking for a mind meld? I'm looking for a mind meld, Luke. <laughs> I want to see if Sean McVay, the young bullet, can take on the old dog. Okay. I'll tell you what I'm watching for. Special teams. Between these two teams. Stupid. You're stupid. Did you hear that this week? What? The whole special teams thing that, like, Tom Brady has to sit through special teams meetings. Oh, no, I did not hear that. Yeah, dude, he's, like, forced to sit through special teams. And he's mad about it? Well, no, it's like Belichick's just like, no, everybody has to watch special teams. There are seven pro bowlers between the two teams on special teams. Patriots are notorious for coming down to uh, last-second field goals. You had Johnny Hecker's fake uh, punt last week or two weeks ago in the old NFC championship game. I think there's going to be a special teams play that will surprise everybody. So I'm going to keep an eye on special teams. There will be a game breaking moment in the third phase of the game. In now, special teams. do you, are, are you leaning more towards like a fake or just like a big play, like a return or like a, a, a tackle for a fumble, a forced turnover or something like that? Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm watching kind of for everything. Yeah. Julian Edelman almost botched that punt return. That can be a big play. You mean he uh, did. <laughs> well, they didn't catch it. Yeah, exactly. The the film cameras were not good enough. And honestly, I wanted to be one of the punters that makes a difference so you can make a call to one of your old friends and get them on the show next week. Dude, Johnny Hecker has to do a fake punt this game. Doesn't he? I I don't I, see how hey, you, you don't. You poo-pooed this. You poo-pooed this. I know he did. did these two he... geniuses. Let's do something on special teams. Make it fun. That always makes it great. I know he did during the NFC title game, but I would have to think he could do it again. Really have the Rams have their punt system set up is what you call rugby so he'll get the snap he'll run off to the side and uh usually those plays are just meant to try to get the guy to return it it's pretty difficult to get hang time on a rugby punt but most of the time that means that you're trying to get the dude to return it so you can get some good field position it's awesome because you can actually see the breakdown of like receivers running routes yeah it's freaking crazy how they set that up and they do it in a way because they trust that johnny hecker can actually fit the ball into windows well there you go that's that's the difference when you have uh, a pro bowl special teams unit and like i said seven guys between the two teams uh what else are you watching uh in sports besides the super bowl i am 
and I watch nothing in sports because <laughs> there is nothing going on. Even though there is a really good game tonight, uh, Warriors Lakers. Um, is it a really good game? It'll be interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting game. I don't well, know. Will be. The Warriors just got beat by the Sixers at home, and uh, that ended like a three or four game winning streak. And so the Warriors are a little bit vulnerable. It's also going to be interesting to see how the Lakers personnel will play after news got released publicly that they don't want Lonzo Ball anymore. <laughs> Which is great. Like, doesn't that have to, like, wane on Lonzo Ball, the fact that that team does not want you anymore? They've given up on you effectively. Yeah. And also the fact that they're like, hey, we're not going to give up more than two of our young stars. So now they're all bickering with each other, like, no, it's you. No, you. I don't want to go live in New Orleans. I'll I'll tell you the game uh, that you really want to see is uh, not going to be until Tuesday, but you have a rematch of the Eastern Conference Finals, Cavaliers, Boston Celtics. How pumped are you for that game? (laughs) Uh, No, I'm going to go watch old Super Bowls. Everybody watch old Super Bowls. Go on to YouTube. They've got five to seven minute clips of all the old Super Bowls. Go watch them. They burn through. Put them on the background at your uh, nephew's birthday party that you're forced to go to. But at least they're having a slumber party afterward. So you can leave the twins there and then you can go home and get drunk to be ready for the Super Bowl tomorrow. What would you say is the greatest Super Bowl moment that you lived through? Lived through... And don't be... Don't be impartial. Don't don't tell me Seahawks winning the Super Bowl. No, Seahawks losing the Super Bowl is the biggest moment. I really? Mean, that one that, was, that was me, your thing? Yeah, well, I mean, it's one of those things where time kind of froze, right? I remember looking around. I can still picture the room because it was all Seahawks fans. Nobody was rooting for the Patriots that I was watching the game with, and everything just stopped. And, and, and one of the things before and after that play is, is still, I think, a sequence of events that was absolutely shocking. You had the Javon Curse catch, and then the Patriots had to snap the ball on, like, the one-inch line because he barely got out of the end zone, and then, of course, Michael Bennett jumped off sides, and they got a little free reprieve. But you kind of, as a Seahawks fan, you're sitting there going, ah, oh, there's got to be another thing. But I can't believe they threw the ball. I can't believe it was picked off. That was, as far as a moment on the goal line to win the game. It's a four-point differential, so you can't get the field goal to tie it. It was that was that's the one moment that stands out and will forever. I would have to say for me, it really might be that Arizona um San Antonio Holmes catch. No, the James Harrison return. Oh, sure. That was one of the greatest plays I've ever seen in a Super Bowl ever. Yeah. One hundred yards. Yep. That is crazy. And you like he had to get in the end zone. Yeah. It was, was the end of the there's half. no time left. Yep. It wasn't the end of the game, but it was the, the end, end of, the, of half. the half. It was like, you, dude, this is going to be wasted if you don't get in there. The San Antonio Holmes catch, though, at the end of that yeah. game, that was the replay where they couldn't decide if he was in or out, and they couldn't change the call, and it was super yeah. underrated Super Bowl. I would 100% agree. Because then you also had uh, Larry Fitzgerald's potential game-winning catch, the yep. one where it was like a it was like a 15-yard slant, and he just, just burst it out. Yep. Did you know that there was uh, the whole thing that apparently a bunch of people in Arizona uh, who were watching the Super Bowl uh, right after that catch, uh, somebody had hacked into the local affiliate for whoever was doing it. It may have been NBC and put on like 15 seconds of porn. <laughs> no. I yes. Didn't know that. I didn't know that. Dusty told me that today. Well, that's or not today. Uh, this week. Delightful. Watching anything outside of sports? Um, I don't know. I, uh, I just got done with a Netflix series, Sex Education. Yeah. It's pretty funny. I'm ready to give up on Ozark. Why? 
It's just not doing it for me. Uh, Jason Bateman's fine. Uh, Laurel Linney's okay, but it's everybody told me how great it was. Uh, I think my expectations might have been too high, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of underwhelmed with it. And Is maybe, Jason Bateman starting to act like Jason Bateman more? Uh, yeah, but I expected him to be like Jason Bateman, but I don't think there's a whole lot of strong characters around it. Uh, maybe six episodes in, but yeah, people are telling me that it's the most riveting show or whatever. Yeah, I'm about to pull the plug on it, so somebody's going to have to convince me to keep watching. But I think I'm ready to abandon that garbage. I don't blame you. If there's nothing intriguing for you, yeah. there's no point. Yep. Well, that's where I'm That's where I'm at. Unless something happens big, uh, I, I, I'm ready to give up. So, yeah. What I'm about gonna movies? Watch, I'm just going to watch Super Bowls. That's it? Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Do you fall asleep before or during the Super Bowl? Nope. nope. I, I have for a couple of years now. I fall asleep in the second quarter. So the funny thing is more and more with uh, with people giving up on their uh, television subscriptions, uh, my family's been watching a lot more football games together. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually pretty good company. We've, we've gotten a pretty good uh, repartee as we're watching the game and uh, a little back and forth. We all, we all uh, kind of pretendingly take sides of arguments that we don't really believe in, much like I do on this show. So yes. It's actually really, it's a good time, and uh, that's what we're doing tomorrow, so it should be fun. All right. Cool. Where are you watching the game? Home. Just you, just nachos. You and the, just you and the fiance? Me, the fiance, and the cat. E- eating uh, fish nachos and then sleeping through most of the game. All right, everybody have a wonderful weekend. We are done. We'll be back next week to give you our breakdown of the game. Hopefully it's a good one. Bye-bye. Keep them laughing as you go. Just remember that the last laugh is on you. And always look up. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.